that's going to share the word with power. I've known Pastor James for whew, 16 years or so now, and uh, he has been uh, instrumental in both my wife and I's life in, in prayer and in uh, lifting us up and actually praying over us and during some, some times in our life. And, um, but I've known this man to be one who shares the word without any shame, without any fluff. I know there's many preachers out there that throw a lot of fluff in there. I'm, every now and then I'm one of them. Uh, but, but he just says it as it is, and I love that about him. But he also loves people. He has a compassionate heart for people. He really wants people to get it and to be with God and to be with walking with the Lord. So please give it up for Pastor James Kellams, Jr. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, what does that mean? God is. That's Jewish. That's not native. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, man. Right. So it's going to be a fun time this morning. And here's what God has for you. Somebody's going to get a cold drink of water. Somebody's going to get some buckshot because you've needed it. Somebody's going to get a real fine sliver of glass because it's precious to you. And in this glass, you're going to see things that the Holy Spirit wants to show you exclusively. That was a heck of an intro. Usually they take about 45 minutes, right? That's because they got to do all of their, the, what is it, their uh, uh, fluff, right? That's right. My wife right now is praying like you would not believe why? Because she knows there's no fluff too. But sometimes I say words that, that are offensive to some people. They're not meant to be offensive. Jesus said offense will come. So I don't have a sermon today, but I have a word. We are going to have some direction and we're all going to get hit. If we're not getting hit, then we didn't come to hear from God. Amen? Amen. But uh, first thing we're going to do is we're going to do uh, some protocol. So we're going to need Pastor Ernie and Miss Cindy up here. Amen. Amen. And uh, Mr. Jonathan is going to bring in. We're going to gift these people. And like you said, we've known him for quite a while. I haven't talked to Pastor Ernie for maybe three and a half or four years. I came in here, said, hey, I need to talk with you. We sat down and talked for two hours right where we left off from three and a half years previous, because what? Because we are in the ever-present now. How many of you know what the ever-present now is? Oh, it's going to be, okay, it's going to be a long day. I need to know. <laughs> okay, first of all, I would like to gift Miss Cindy with this necklace. This was made by a native man, and he just handed it to you. And... Uh, <laughs> And be, and be blessed. And then we have another piece of work made by a native man. And so this is for uh, Pastor Ernie Benavides. And it says, uh, here, can you hold this up? Let me see what it says. It says, with honor and humility, this is presented to Bishop Ernie for his continued submission to the gospel in humility for the cause of Christ. Sola gratias, solus fide, and sola scriptura, your friend, his eminence. Amen. So we want to gift you with that. Thank you. Hang that in a, in a most high and holy place. Yes. That'll be in his restroom. <laughs> hey, it's the throne room. Come on, church. Come on. Hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, uh. So I've been married for a great length of time. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to say that one more time. I've been great married for a great length of time. Amen. Thank you. And um, my wife is... is is a tremendous woman of God. She is totally opposite of who I am and wh what I represent. Totally. My wife doesn't give you fluff, but she's going to bring that cold glass of water, slightly chilled, and she's going to present you the gospel. She's going to take you into the heart of God. Amen. And so, Lisa, why don't you stand up? This is the lover of my youth. Amen. And uh, her name to her native name given by me is Many Horses, and uh, you, yeah, yeah, you don't get it. 
the greatest value in the plains in the plains tribes was horses. So we can thank the conquistadors for that. After we whipped their behinds, we kept every, every horse that they brought over to this continent. Amen? And we made better use of it than they did. One horse is valued for many people. Her name is Many Horses. She has the highest value in my life. Amen? First and foremost, because she prays for me. If you're a couple and you're not praying for your spouse, you're outside of God's will for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, it's here. It's here. But we're going we're gonna... to... Most pastors have a catch line, and I know Pastor Ernie's is, here's the rub. All these years, you've never known that I'm the rub. <laughs> Amen. Amen. See, we're laughing. We're having a good time. Why? Because you bear witness to what I'm saying. Amen? So let's just start off with a little humor. How many of us are up for some, some Indian humor? There we go. I knew Frank would be. And our, and our Yaki pastor over here. So there's these two Lakota boys. I say boys. They were in their 20s. And they had this old white man that had come into their village. He says, you know what? I just want to see what you guys do. Let me just follow you around. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So these boys take out, take out up into the Black Hills. And so they come up in the hills and they see this cave in the... One Lakota boy yells out, Woo! 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 And he waits and hears the response. So he takes off all of his clothes and he runs into the cave. And so the other native and the white boy, they just keep on walking. All of a sudden, they find another cave. So the little native boy goes, whoo, whoo, whoo. He waits for a response. Doesn't hear anything. Then he hears a faint, whoo, whoo, whoo. Takes all of his clothes and runs inside. Mating ritual. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. So the white man's all alone now. He's thinking, wow. Look at these two guys. Are they trying to teach me something? So he goes on for a long way, no cave. Comes to the ends of the mountain range. Just on the end, there's this big, huge cave. And he goes, wow. He goes, this must be even bigger and better than what the Lakota boys got. So he yells out, whoa, whoa, whoa. He waits for it, and all of a sudden he hears, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, man, he rips off his clothes, he runs into the cave. Well, next day down at the telegraph, this is what the, what the telegraph was sending all the news wires. White man runs into a cave and gets hit by a train. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Now we're in a good place. We're in a good place. And my wife is smiling. You have no idea what that means. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit sitting on the second row back there. I know because I've had my hand slapped more than once coming out of church. Amen. But that's because she loves me and she loves God even more. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How about one more, one more humorous story? My wife is saying no. How about you, church? One more? One more. No, no. It's funny. Okay, I knew a Chickasaw man who was married to a Potawatomi and Wallapai woman. This was a blessed thing. Then I realized that their children would be chicken pot pie. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know when to quit. Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to open in prayer. Amen. Oh, great Father of glory, hear now from your creatures who are a sick people. 
Forgive our wretched ways of unrighteousness. We ask on the assurance of Christ, your Son, who brings all to call upon his name into the Father's kingdom. You, O Lord, are set above all things and are in all things. Today we ask for your, for your bread that brings life back to dead, dry bones. The bread that sustains your creatures from death and yet purposes them into the loving arms of God. Our Father, we pledge our allegiance to Christ, who you have given all, to you have given all authority. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and, and evermore. Let not his name depart from the lips of his people. Let now in this house of prayer his name become a standard upon men's lips forevermore. By the power of the Holy Spirit in men's hearts. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have a little bit of a throat problem, so we'll probably be done by two. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You notice that all the people that came with me are not laughing. Thank you. Thank you. So we're celebrating the 500th anniversary of what? Does anybody know? I can't see you with these glasses. These are only for reading, so. We're celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Who knows what the Reformation is? There we go. Okay. This is when God, through the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scripture, got a Roman Catholic monk to come to the understanding that it is by grace through faith alone that we come to Jesus Christ. So before that, there was darkness in the church. So after darkness comes light. So Martin Luther brought light into the church. And I said three things that were important. Sola gratias, grace alone. Sola fide, faith alone. Sola scriptura, scripture alone. If these three things aren't a part of your life as a basis and a foundation, then you're going to be slipping in some areas. Amen? And how God used this Roman Catholic monk in Germany. So basically, <laughs> everything that we know is a cause that Martin Luther listened to the Holy Spirit of God through the word through the word, through the word. If you're not in the word, you can't hear. Amen. We're going to keep pushing. So, after darkness, light. So the one thing that, that we learned from this is that God can use anybody. And God will use a nobody. How many nobodies we got here? Amen. I'm a nobody. If you go and look at that piece of art that, that I just given to that man, it will say number 6-5. That was the artist. That's a scripture reference. I'm not going to tell you what it means. You can go look it up. But everything that I sign, I don't sign my name to. I sign with, with a signature that points to somebody else. Everything in our lives that we do should point to somebody else. Everything that you say should point to somebody else. My gifting is not a great preacher because I'm not. My grifting is not a great evangelist, because I'm not. I'm not even a good game show host. <laughs> but I want to be. <laughs> Why? Because some people need to be entertained. Sometimes in the entertainment, you'll hear something that's directly from God. We got people in the church today who can't hear something from somebody who hasn't been baptized. When I say baptized, I don't mean in water. I mean you've been brought into the family of God by the receiving of Christ as your Savior. Amen? Why is that? If God is the ever-present now, and you abide in Christ, his Son, who is part of the ever-present now, in communion with the Holy Spirit, who is a part of the ever-present now, how much of your time is spent in the ever-present now? Yeah, I can't answer that. Uh, no, no, no. 
I'm expecting you to hear from God right now. What I'm saying is just for you. Grab it. Reach up, grab it, pull it down. If we're abiding in him and he abides in us, then we should recognize when he's there. Amen? So, I'm at work, and, well, they have an Indian name for me at work, too. It's kind of racial. They call me Tomahunky. <laughs> half white, half Indian. I'm Blackfoot and Cherokee on my daddy's side. And on my mama's side, no, on my daddy's side, I'm German also. So my grandfather was German and Blackfoot. And my grandmother, she was full-blooded Cherokee. On my mama's side, I'm Swedish and Irish. Yeah, come on, say some amens. Come on, it's okay to be messed up from Europe. Okay? Amen. Can you hear God in somebody who's not a Christian? You can't. Why not? God, God used the donkey. He's right. The brother's right. How many donkeys out there? The world's full of them. God wants to tell you some things, and you're only, you're only listening to people who have been baptized. Some of those baptized, speaking in tongues, people aren't giving you or pointing to him. So what's he trying to get you to do? To have communion with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Or have a word from him that points to him? Everything in our life should point to him. In my life, I'm, I'm known for two things. One, being abrasive, and two, being able to stand toe-to-toe with the enemy. Here, I usually have a knife up here, but I stopped bringing it to church because some of the brethren misunderstood. No, seriously, seriously. The first part of warfare is using the knife on yourself. You got to use the knife on yourself. We have an example about, of this. Sure we do. Abraham and Isaac. Abraham was asked to use the knife on himself. Himself because that was his seed, his son. God provided a way, right? Amen. All of that was for free. So the great church father, Martin Luther, a Roman Catholic monk who ushered in the age of what? Does anybody know? Protestant, Protestant, right? We don't even get to be charismatics. We don't get to be, we don't get to be any of these things unless we start back there, okay? Start back there. The church is still being reformed today. And we had a pastor who's already spoken at least three or four prophetic things this morning. And the golden child back there, Lucas, a couple himself, did you hear them? Amen. Now, can you take what you heard and use it today to point to him? Because the way that something becomes a part of you, the way that it becomes in you is for you to use it immediately. Amen. So this Roman Catholic monk, I'm going to keep, keep on that. He, <laughs> he didn't get the modern day evangelist coming by and telling him that he was wrong and he was in the wrong church and in the wrong teaching and the wrong everything else. This Roman Catholic monk loved God. He loved the word and the word became alive to him. He was illuminated by the Holy Spirit. Amen. To say by grace through faith alone, we come to Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Nothing else. We don't come on a special Sunday. Oh, this is our special Sunday at Joy Christian Center. And if you come on this Sunday, you'll be a part of the family of God. No. No, it doesn't work that way. Now, Martin Luther is known for something else. He's known for the the Latin term simul, justus, et peccator. Now, I didn't study Latin, but I have studied under Martin. Simul, 
Latin. We get our word simultaneously. Eustace is where we get our word just or rightness. Et just means and. Peccator means sinner. Martin Luther came to this conclusion that we are still baptized into the body of Christ. We are a part of the whole, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. One body, one church, one spirit. That's us. Baptized, okay. And we're at the same time 100% sinner. So what does that look like? Because I know, oh, how about, how about we do this? Let's have all the sinners come to the front row. How many, okay, just put up your hands. That's right, you're all sinners. Okay, how many of you have been baptized into Christ Jesus? There you go. Why is it if you're baptized into Christ Jesus, you're still sinning? Come on now. So let's have a little illustration. Well, about, what, three weeks, four weeks ago, we found out that uh, our brother Lucas here is actually the golden child. So we'll have Lucas come up here. Amen. Didn't we find that out? We understood from his father, at least, right? <laughs> so, Lucas, in this, in this illustration, you are going to be right here. You're going to stand right there. Okay? Lucas is representing Jesus. Okay. Well, I think, it's all, I think it's only right that we should ask his father, Frank, would you indulge me, to come down here also. And since if, if Lucas is going to represent Christ, that means you represent, that's right, you got it, you got it. You're the Godhead. You're, okay, that's fine, either direction, that's over there. So we have God the Father, we have Jesus Christ. Amen? There you go, there you go. So we only need one thing here. We need something else here. What do we need? The Spirit. The Spirit. Right. Now, where would the Spirit be? Ernie? Okay, Pastor Ernie, you're the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, we need, we need someone who knows for sure that they're... No, he, he does, no, no. That, no. He only does that in the Roman Catholic Church. So... So we need somebody now just to represent somebody who's been baptized. Anybody, first one up, I want you up here. Okay, let's go, brother. Now, Pastor Ernie, I want you to stand up here behind these two. These these three are never separated. (laughs) There you go. They are never separated. Okay? Now. This is our, our brother who's been baptized. He's my Padawan. Amen. That just means disciple, okay? So we have the Holy Spirit, we have God the Father, and we have Jesus. And we have somebody who's been baptized. Now, God is looking at him, right? He's been baptized. How does God see him? He's perfectly righteous. Now, is he perfectly righteous? No. No. Why? Because he's a filthy, stinking, rotten scoundrel of a sinner. Paul makes this really clear in Romans chapter 6, and he goes into chapter 7. And his pride jumped up. That's why he had to say something, which is more evidence of it, right? Right. Right. Now, I'll just play, I'll just play the devil's advocate here. Hey, God, this guy... He's a, he's a flat-out sinner. He doesn't love you. He doesn't respect you. What do you got to say about that? Exactly. He doesn't see it. He has no, no ability to see any type of sin. You need to get this church and stop beating yourselves up. This is the picture right here. These three are never separated. There's a permanent dance that goes on between them. And I use that word dance because where you're in a dance, you're never separated. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. Thank all of you. So that was a good visual. So now you know that, hey, you know what? I'm a sinner. Right? You're covered in righteousness. You have, you have no righteousness of your own. So now we can get into the word. Romans chapter 7. I'll be reading from the NIV, Native Indian version. (laughs) 
Oh, you think it's funny, huh? Some of you are reading from the NAS. Not always scriptural. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you know that's a joke. Two of my favorite books in the Bible, the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews. I understand you guys have just went through Hebrews. John chapter 7. John. Romans, James. Romans. You know why? Because I, I, was, I was thinking about something else. <laughs> I'm old. Don't let the long hair fool you. <laughs> what then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if he had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life to provide, the very commandment that promised life proved to be death for me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and and it's my fault. Through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So the law is good, righteous, and holy, right? And we know, we, we know what he was talking about. He's talking about the law, okay? When we talk about the law, we talk about the whole book, the whole counsel of God, amen? This book... Is, is, is not a life insurance policy. I've heard that said. It's not a life insurance. This book will become obsolete as soon as my Lord comes on a white horse. Amen. Amen? But it's here to give us some, some groundwork or basic instructions before leaving earth. Okay? Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Paul was a teacher. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He taught Pharisees. So he knew the law, and he loved the law. And we found out that what the law does is expose sin. If you don't have the law, sin cannot be exposed because you don't know that it's sin because there is no law. If you don't know the word, then you don't know the law. Sin can't be exposed if you don't know the word. How many of you still with me? Thank you. This thing needs to be a part of you. This needs to be abiding in you, this word. Amen? You know, the devil, think, the devil wants you to believe that you got to know this thing cover to cover. There have been some evangelists that said, you need to know this book cover to cover, cover to cover, cover to cover. I'm not seeing that. What I'm seeing is that God wants an intimate relationship with you. And since this is the word, and since we've already saw how it's worked through Martin Luther, somebody who was outside Pentecostalism, came directly to the, to the, to the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, to God, to an understanding of what was written in the scriptures. That was his part. Now, I'll tell you, I'll make a confession right now. I have tried, I have tried, I have tried. My wife, and she's on me about this. I, this is a confession right now. I have not read the Bible cover to cover. I saw, sister, I saw sister get up. I thought she was throwing her purse. <laughs> Amen. I've tried. I've, Lord, help me. Please help me. Oh, yes, you know. But what I have studied, I study deeply. And so when somebody comes and, 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 and brings something or tries to throw the Bible at me and say, well, you know, um, you don't know much about this. Amy, praise God, no. What do you know about simul justus et peccator? Because right now, you're not understanding that I'm a sinful man who's covered in righteousness. Why are you coming at me in this manner, in this way? I'm understanding that you're, that you're that person who's what? Has a religious spirit. Get them out. They're in everybody. I have one. It shows up every once in a while. Like I tell people, one of the things I'm mostly religious about is getting up and going to work every day. And act. Why? To take care of my family. Amen? Let's move on. So, the law is, is holy. And the commandment is holy and righteous and good. 
Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin. Produced death in me through what is good. So the law was good. So it produced what? Death. It has to kill you. God's trying to kill you. Actually, God's trying to get you back to the place in the garden before the fall. Genesis says that they were naked and ashamed. What does that mean? They were perfect in their creation. They are a creature. How many of you think you're more than just a creature? Okay, you see me after church. There you go. Are you more than just a creature? You were created by him. All things were created for who? Him, his pleasure. So everything that we do, we need to do for him. Everything that, that, that we need to point to is, and yet we're still sinners. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands because I don't keep track anymore, <laughs> sin on a continual basis? I'll confess, that's me. One of my biggest problems is I have thoughts about people, not good ones. Sometimes, sometimes the heretic will come and stand right in your face, you know, and what does he want to do? He wants to kiss you on the cheek. My first thought is, just slap him upside the head. I've shared this with Pastor. God's still trying to do something in me. I sat down with this man for, in the first 15 minutes of two hours, and he had, he had already profiled me with the word already profiled me. I already told him I was angry. I was upset. I'm mad at the church. I'm mad at home. I'm mad at work. I'm just angry with everybody. I told him why. The thing I love about this man is, is when it comes to me. Now, not with you. He's a no-fluff pastor when he talks to me. So he pulled out the word not to point a finger at me. And he goes, brother, come here. Who was the disciple that Jesus loved? John. Wow. Yeah, you don't have to throw stones very far. Even the guy speaking to you right now has a problem. And he used Nathan to expose it. How many of you understood what I just said? Nathan was the prophet. Exposed David's sin. Need to know ever since that day, thinking, oh, how, man, Lord, where's my example? Where's my example? Show me, show me, teach me, show me, teach me. Get back in the book, James. Get back in the book. That's the part you haven't read yet. Or it's the part that you've read, but you haven't studied. You haven't made it a part of your whole being yet. So Pastor James needs to become more like John. The apostle, not Lenin. <laughs> because Lenin said the same thing, all we need is love. He was right in his tent, but he had a religious spirit, and he was being led by a deceiver. Let's go on. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law. That is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So sin still dwells within us. And if, if, if you've been around me enough, which you haven't, you'll, one of the things that I'll ask people usually on a Sunday morning is, have you killed anything this week? I got one amen. Have you killed anything this week? Have you utterly put something of sin to death in your life? That's what we're talking about. We can't do it all at once, church. We can't do it all at once. Okay? We have a God and we have a spirit who's leading us step by step. Amen? And, and some, of us, some of us, when he's holding out the cold drink of water, we don't want to grab the cup. Why? Because we know if we drink it, we're going to be healed, and then we have no excuse for our actions. Come on. 
Come on. The very thing that, that Martin Luther said, Simul Yusuf Peccator, this man is explaining right here, I do not do the things that I want to do, and those things that I don't want to do, I do on a continual basis. You know? Or we get freedom for a while, weeks, months, years, but something triggers us to go back to it. And I found in my own life, that's usually because I'm not surrounded by people that have been baptized. Not only baptized, but infilled, because those are two separate things. God wants you to be infilled. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Infilled. For what? For a purpose. Some of us, I like that. I like the term Paul uses, some of you. Some of you need to move out of your stinking thinking. Yes. Stinking thinking starts with justifying who you are outside of Jesus, who is the Christ. Oh, I go to joy. I've been to joy, too. <laughs> Stinking thinking. I didn't coin that phrase. That goes back to uh, uh, Pastor Bob and Sherry Reeves years ago. Stink, where does stinking thinking come from? It comes from people influencing you. What is influence? Influence is, is, um, is when, you, when you have something that other people want, whether it's good or bad. Now, I'm jealous of your pastor, because he has something that I want. And I mean jealousy in a good way, because I think it's in Timothy, says we know in part, so we prophesy in part. Well, I told you, what I study, I study deeply. So I know those parts, deeply. Part I don't know right, right now, as well as I should, is the part that he gave me from John. So I got to move in that direction. God used him over, over, over coffee that never showed up. <laughs> that was my fault. That was my fault. But my, but my love for this man is, 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 is unbelievable. Why is it unbelievable? If you're in the body of Christ and you know, you know who loves you, there's security there. I know my Christ loves me. I know that Pastor Ernie and Cindy love me. And I know that after this service, he's going to have spent weeks cleaning up the mess I just made. <laughs> Why? Because he loves me. Because he knows if you, I or you, whoever's up here, doesn't get the opportunity to address people, you won't become good at what you do. The more you do it, you get better at it. Oh, now we're back to what is that, verse 8? No, verse... Uh, 21, so I find it to be law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin. So, what in your baptism, in your Christ, in you, is your biggest problem in life? There's only one answer yourself. Don't be ashamed. Speak it out if you know it, church. Come on. It's yourself. People who know me, pastors and, and prophets and teachers and apostles in my life, my prayer never changes with them. My, if you're praying for me, I want you to pray for these things. Number one, that I would die to self. Number two, that I will have total intimacy with the Holy Spirit of God. Paul's going to get to that. Amen? And that if those two things are being prayed for, and basically that's a prayer for wisdom and revelation, then I'm going to have that thing, that love, that's not in my life now. I love people, but God's trying to get me to another place. Another place. There are no chairs in the temple of God. 
All of the priests work. They don't sit down. And since we're all as kings and priests, none of us should, I, I think we should throw the chairs out. You should just stand in the service. No, that's not my choice. But I'm trying to make a point. We're not done working. We're never done working. We're never done working. Now the Holy Spirit, I'm chasing after. You know, we, I come in here and, I'm, you know, I've had tre tremendous, I've had experiences when talking with or praying with your pastor. Like I said, he doesn't talk to me with fluff. And I remember years ago, I went through something that hurt me very, very bad. And I didn't even know what was wrong with me. Nathan showed up, not to, not to say, hey, you messed up, but hey, you know what? Um, did you see this? Oh, Lord, no. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we get so arrogant and full of ourselves because we are, we are full to overfilling, but we don't know when to let it out, let it out, let it out. Amen. We don't know when to be the cold drink of water versus the rub. This is just an illustration, sister. <laughs> right? So what is my heart for you? My heart for you is to grow in the thing that you have never grown in before. And that's the extreme love and adoration for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I know this, you, you, you guys are blessed to have this pastor. You are, you are. So in our bodies, we're always, our members are saying we want this. We want El Tolteca every Sunday. You know, well, we should just be going home. <laughs> oh man, but you got the football screen, you know. That's your flesh, man. That's all, well, you're, next thing you're going to say is, well, it's going to be a communion time with the, with the family of the body of God. Well, fine. If it's going to be a communion time, then some of you, some of you are going to walk away with, with something that you've never had before. Amen? And you're going to go, wow. That was the word from God. You stop to start identifying God in your life. You, you have to see and understand when the outstretched hand of God is in front of you. We walk by it all the time. We usually notice it uh, after you take the shower, after you're in bed, after the TV's off, and you're like, okay, Lord, I, don't, I can't pray 30 minutes tonight. Then he goes, okay. Then you have that thought. Two weeks ago, back there, you tried to show me something that would have kept me from being exhausted and worn out today. <laughs> we do it continually, but we do catch up. God is a God who sees. My wife will preach this message to you. Can I, can I share a story, Mom, about you and God? There's a lot of them, not the ones that are going to be bad for me. <laughs> so my wife, you know, tremendous woman of God. In fact, I wouldn't be the man I am because she prays for me in the ways that I can't pray for myself, okay? Because she knows those parts that I don't know. So she's walking down the street one day. And my wife, she's, she's a very humble woman and everything, and, and she kind of trips and stumbles. She's like, oh, man, I hope nobody saw me. God whispered in that woman's ear, I saw you. Yeah, yeah. So, when, you know, he's there. He's always there. He's the ever-present now that you need to be aware of. There is sin in our lives, every one of our lives. If you knew what was in my life, you probably wouldn't even listen to me. But then that wouldn't be scripture either. <laughs> because you need to hear what the Spirit is saying. And since he has chosen me for such a time as this, then you need to hear what he's saying. Not what Pastor James says. Because Pastor James' heart only knows one thing. Right? What does the word say? That's an open question. <laughs> the heart is deceitfully wicked and knows no good thing. We have to encourage each other. We have to pull some of us. We have to push others. 
Some of us need just one word, one word from God to get us back on the narrow. Some of us need one cold drink. Some of us need to be chastened. One of the things, you know, one of the churches that I attended for the last four years and, you know, Pentecostals, but sometimes I wondered, I come into church and they say, how are you doing today, pastor? I say, well, you know how it is when you're a prophet of God. And they say, no, we don't. I go, well, it seems to have his thumb on me and he doesn't want to take it off. Okay, okay. Now, I told you that story to tell you this one. How many of you feel God has his thumb on you right now and he's holding you down? Don't be upset. Because we're sheep. You don't know any better. If you were let to do what you would do, your own members would take you in a direction opposite of what God has for you. Psalms 23 says this. You're sheep now, right? He leadeth me by still waters. Why does God have to lead you by still waters? Because you're sheep. Sheep are one of the dumbest animals on the face of the planet. He has to take the sheep, bring him to the water, and stay with him for him. Because if the sheep saw his own reflection, he would run. The very cool drink of water that he wants to bring to you, you won't even take because you're so dumb. Why? Because you're desperately wicked and your heart knows no good thing, even when the good thing is in front of you. Amen? How much time do I have? Two minutes or two? Oh, two hours. Thank you. You will not be beating the Baptist to lunch. Okay, so let, 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 me, uh, let me wrap this up. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So if you serve the law of God with your mind... There's a scripture for that. Does anybody know? Let this mind also be in you that which is in Christ Jesus. So if you have the mind of Christ, thinking, thinking has to go. If you have the mind of Christ, you will let that pastor, you will let that prophet, teacher, evangelist, take you a drink of water, and you're going to drink. You have to. You have to. You don't know what God has for you. Why? Because you have stinking thinking. Let this mind be also in you that which is in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus only did what his father told him to do. Amen? So if you're getting instructions outside of your father's will, then you're in the wrong place. Amen? If this man is not pushing you toward the God of all creation, then he's not doing what he's called to do. Here's the great part. You don't get to decide whether he's worthy of it or not because he's already been called. He's already been set up. He already has a position as the elective God. Because of what? Because this man had a change of mind. This man had a change of mind. He already told you. He said something prophetic this morning. That's why I love about being around this man. He said, I used to do these things, and I wasn't getting anywhere. Religion doesn't make a man closer to God. It's surrender. I surrender all. I surrender all. Started off talking about finances, money. Did you surrender your money? There's a blessing in it. How many of you want to see an all-out, continual, everyday blessings of God. Amen. There's only one thing you have to do. Take this book, take its precepts, and manifest them in your life. You, we don't have to pray blessings on you. You just have to do, you just have to have the mind that takes you to that place. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, the sun is still up, but you notice the people that came with me aren't laughing. I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> Amen. So um, let's, all, let's all stand.
And uh, the one thing that I, I, I told you, I had a word and not a message. Some of us need a, a, an infilling. We've been baptized into the body of Christ, but today we need a drink. We need a filling for our next assignment or our next task. Amen? Amen. Pastor? Or you want me to finish? I'll finish. I'll take it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, we'll do this. How many of you are in an assignment or task that God has given you right now? Raise your hand. Thank you. How many of you are struggling in the task? Okay. How many of you know that in your task is everything that you need and there should not be struggle? All you need is a change of mind. Thank you, Jesus. So that was a confession right there. You need to change your mind about how you're seeing your problem. Your problem is not your problem. How you see your problem is your problem. Right? That was a preacher too, somewhere. So I want to pray for everybody who, who, who's struggling with... Uh, their task over here. Everybody who wants a new infilling for a new task and a new season over here. If you want both, I don't think that was an option. <laughs> yes, no, sister, come on, come on. Absolutely, you can have both. And what, and what, no, what the sister did was she just displayed her faith. What she just did was she reached up in the heavens and said, you know what, I want this and I want this. That's a mature faith. It's okay to grab things that other people aren't grabbing for. God has something for you. God has something for all of us. Amen? Amen. Um, Miss Lisa, can you come pray with me? Amen. Oh, I feel a song inside, but it's not a church song. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So first, first my wife is going to pray for this group that they're in the middle of a task, and they need a fresh infilling, a fresh. They need to see something new about themselves that needs to change for the task. And we don't even need to know what the task is, right? So that's, I want you to pray for them, and then I'm going to pray for these over here. Oh, 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 out loud, I told you, she's a very humble woman. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. How we love you, Lord. And how I know, Father God, that you are El Ra'i, the God that sees. You know every heart who is standing here before you. You know the task that you have given them, Lord. So, Father, I just ask your Holy Spirit to fall on them afresh and anew. Father, that they would wake up each and every day knowing that through you they can do all things and that you have placed them on the top and not the bottom and that they can succeed. The word says, if you give yourself to him, you will succeed in the task. So, Father God, I'm asking you to rest your hands on their shoulders, Lord. Lift them up, Father God, where they have felt low. Lift them up, Lord, and let them know who they are in you. And may their strength each and every day be because they know who they are in you. Yes. And each day may they call the devil a liar because they are children of God. Hallelujah. And they will fulfill the task that you have given them. Holy Spirit of God, I know you're coming soon. And the devil would try to take the very elect, but he cannot. Because by your Holy Spirit, they will fulfill the task. As they raise their hands to you, as they look to you and ask for guidance and wisdom, you will answer because you are looking at them. As you gave Hagar that water for her and her child. These are your children and you see them and you will give them that water to sustain their life. And I praise you and I thank you because they're standing here in faith, believing what your word has said. And I give you all praise and all honor and glory in advance because you and you alone are good. And I give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Should have her preach. <laughs>
Thank you, Jesus. So over here, we're looking for what? Infilling. And the infilling is the power. The power. You're already baptized. We said, yes, Lord. But now we want an infilling to manifest that which the Christ has deposited in you. And believe me, you don't even know what it is. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah? Amen. So let's raise our hands up to God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now we pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit to do the work of the ministry, O oh God. To do the things that, that, that other men won't do or can't do because of your providence in each one of their lives here today. Let us now say yes, Lord, to all things that are in the providence of God in each one of these lives, in each one of their raised hands, O oh Lord. And as they raise their hands, may they, I'm praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall afresh new on them, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that that, that infilling, Lord, be special and significant. This is not just a thing that we do, but this comes from the Holy Spirit of God who is in a continual communion with Christ Jesus and Father God. And we pray, Lord, that all things that these, these hands that are raised touch shall be done in the name of, of Jesus, who is the Christ. And we pray that they take advantage of who they are and they take advantage of the grace, as Paul spoke about here. The grace that is within the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, I messed up. Lord, get me back on track. I confess my sin and go forward. Lord, show them that they are to live in the ever-present now. Show them that those who live in these end times are the end-time vanguard, and that no man that living today in these times is not by happenstance. It's by the providence of God, because the people with their hands raised now are doing what nobody else could do since the foundations of the earth, because your word was spoken over each of them on what they should do and how they should do it in you. And so now we say, release, Lord, release, which release the, the nonsense off the lives, amen, and let them inherit the Ruach breath of God, that they would actually take the word and kiss the word. It kisses me with the kisses of your word. That's what the scripture says. Make the word a sweet, sweet taste in your mouth. Make the word alive in your mouth. Make the word as honey. Lord, in each of them are gifts and talents, Lord. Raise them up to the greatest degree. Let them be the light and the salt that they are called to be, O oh Lord. Let everyone in this house agree in the name of Jesus, whose name is above all names, that God is. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well done. Part of what we are all about at Joy is taking the word of God that has gone on for eons since the beginning of time and inputting it into our lives for today. For God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we are the vessels. You know, I keep telling us as a church, we're in a great saga called the, the, the saga of God, the world, the, 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 the eternal movie, if you will. And we all have a part to play in that movie. And we need to play our part. The cool thing about it is, in that saga of God, when we, when we bow down to the director, when we bow down to him and do the part that we're called to play, in the kingdom of God, that's an Academy Award-winning performance every time. every time. But it comes out of who you are, how God made you. You can't be somebody else. Unlike actors who portray other people. No, no, no. God has poured something special in you. And I love that. I love that he's made us so different. That it says that when we get to heaven, there'll be every tribe every tongue, every nation. It's not all going to look all the same. Yes, we'll be the same as far as having glorified bodies, but in that glorified bodies, we're still going to have some tan. <laughs> 
So that's going to be good. The uniqueness of you will be shining bright. Now we need that uniqueness to shine bright in us today. So I hope you grabbed hold of that word. And I'm going to have Lucas come on up. He's going to close us in a, in a song. But uh, let's go celebrating today, celebrating that word. We are in the ever-present now. Take the ever-present now out of here. Take it to where you're going next. Take it to your homes and your neighborhoods and your work and, and, and your play and all, all that stuff. Take it with you. Be in the ever-present now. And be listening. <laughs> because some ass may tell you something. <laughs> Whoa. It's a donkey. Uh, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I've been dying to do that the whole time. If you're listening, if you're listening, God speaks in all kinds of ways. Let's have our antenna up for what he has to say for us. Let's stand together. Let's worship him one last song before we dismiss. <laughs>